0: Listening to Into the Valley, a Phoenix Suns podcast, a part of the Brightside Podcast Network. Welcome everybody into the Valley. I am Ethan Shutt, joined as always by Ryan Shutt and Philip Russell. And boys, we've made it. We are finally here at the precipice, if you will, looking down at the beauty that is the regular season before us and I'm excited. This is the most I've been excited for an episode. Uh not to say all the other stuff hasn't been great. Uh but but here we are guys. Here we are. We finally made it Ryan. I think in our last episode you called the off-season not real or not important. So I assume you are no, Incredibly not the excited. not
1: the off season. The preseason. Sorry, preseason basketball. That's there's Pardon a very me. firm distinction there. Ryan doesn't made. care about the preseason, guys. That's what I'm telling you right now. No, and that is accurate. I stand by that. Preseason <laughs> games are fine. They're fun. It's basketball. Whatever. Give me give me some games that matter. And
0: Philip, how are you doing? I know you are excited as we are getting oh so close to the regular season being back.
2: One sleep till basketball, baby, which is great news. But here's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this publicly. I'm going to say this publicly. I'm going to be a big boy this year. And I am not staying up for all the West Coast games because I pay for league pass. I can watch them whenever I want. I'm not going to stay up for the West Coast games. I can watch them whenever I want. Catch me watching the Lakers and Warriors tomorrow night. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I physically
0: can't do that. If the Suns are playing and I can watch them live, I just, I have to, and I'll still, I've just come to terms with the fact that if I'm watching live, I don't have my analytical brain currently with me. You know what I mean? Like, it's all heart, no no brain. So I know more than likely there's going to be a rewatch anyway if I actually want to have an idea of what happened or didn't happen. So, but man, I... I'm just really excited. And one thing that we'll probably touch on later, this season just seems so up in the air in terms of there's a whole lot of unknowns, a whole lot of weird. And that is what we are here to talk about. We are going to be breaking down our preview of the season, our predictions for the season, what we expect out of the Suns. And before we get there, wanted to thank the Bright Side of the Bright Side Podcast Network. Uh, for giving this podcast a home. If you're listening, make sure to subscribe on all platforms. Check us and our other podcast partners out here. And if you're watching on YouTube, follow us into the Valley, a Phoenix Suns podcast, and on Twitter, at TheValleyPHX. Feel free to retweet our podcast listings and all that good stuff. All right, that's all out of the way, gentlemen. We now get to talk about actual, real basketball. And we're going to jump right into it. We have had an entire summer of Summer Suns news. Not today. We are finally done recapping Tori, Craig's kids' Suns-themed birthday party. Ryan keeping up with every tweet from any Suns player, past or present. We're here. We're not seeking for content. The content is coming to us. And it starts, like Philip said, tomorrow night. We are recording at Monday evening. And so more than likely by the time you're listening to this, You're looking forward to basketball. Now, Suns tip off on Wednesday. And guys, this is not show notes, but I'm curious. Are you happy the Suns aren't playing on opening night? Or would you prefer to start the season with some Suns basketball?
1: I'm cool either way. Opening night is, I think I've joked about it before, like the first three weeks of the season are are what they are they don't really tell you a whole lot but openings i think philip made the point last last week and i would agree with it opening night's just fun having everybody i feel like other than outside of the playoffs and maybe christmas day right more eyes will be on the nba tomorrow night uh than at most points in the season twitter's going to be active people are going to be talking about to your point real basketball again uh and it's a spectacle you know, am I upset that the Suns aren't playing? No, it is what it is. It'll be fun. And I'm, I'm looking
2: forward to a fun night of basketball. I don't think it matters that much. I watch, we watch as people who are interested in the NBA and people who talk about basketball extensively every week, we watch so much basketball over the course of the year that I'm just excited that it's here. And I don't care which particular day it falls on the only day in the year that I like really, really care about is Christmas.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, honestly, I'm kind of happy about it. I get to enjoy opening night of basketball without having to have my heart out on the line. I just get to say, NBA is here. I'm going to watch. I'm going to enjoy. And then I'll
2: deal with, with Wednesday night and all the stress that'll come with it. Hey, and those inside the NBA guys are going to be swinging their stuff around, walking into that studio tomorrow night. They're like a collection of... Well, hundred time millionaires with the uh, a contract ten year extension, extension? that's unreal. Well, well, I wanted to say
0: everyone was looking at this Monday as a big deal. Everyone was expecting a certain Phoenix Suns to get a contract extension. <laughs> Ended up being Charles Barkley. Uh, <laughs> Charles Barkley secured the bag. Cam Johnson did not. Uh, I think that really is the last piece of Summer Suns news. The decision by the Suns team not to extend the bag. Charles Barkley, on the other hand, didn't mess around securing what is rumored to be a 10 year deal between 100 and 200 mil. Oh, goodness gracious. He's on that John Gruden money, but maybe he'll actually make it through the whole contract without being Oof. a scumbag. Who knows? Oof. You know? Charles Barkley. I, I can take shots at John Gruden. No one listening is like, oh, I love Gruden. You know?
2: <laughs> this is for the this is really people who really watch inside the NBA. Charles Barkley is about to make 10 to $20 million a year talking about San Antonio women. What a life. Uh,
0: also talking about basketball players, he's definitely not watching. <laughs> I mean, where else can you secure the bag when your job is talk about basketball and there's an entire bit on which team does
2: this basketball player play for? My, Those my, guys are living the dream. My favorite thing he does is he roots for, I think they get the Eastern Conference Finals. Whichever Comedy Finals they get, he roots for it to be done as quickly as possible so he can go on vacation. Wait, am, am I the Charles Barkley of the
1: podcast? <laughs> I don't, maybe. <laughs> I don't, maybe. I mean, the
0: value, the one people come to see, maybe. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Uh, on the Solar Panel podcast, I was called the leader Lead of the group. <laughs> I mean, uh, and I want to actually take a moment. Uh, For those that are listening, I was uh, kindly asked, actually, we all were, to be quite fair. I was the only one who had a schedule that was flexible enough uh, to join the solar panel pod with Dave King, uh, Zona Hoops, and others. And it was a a good old time. So feel free to check that out on their YouTube channel. Uh, They've got it posted on Twitter. I think the bright side did as well. Uh, But yeah, Cam Cam Johnson not getting the bag. Uh, There have been no credible reports I'm going to try to word this carefully in terms of actual numbers that have been thrown out. The closest thing you can get is a flex bomb. Flex from Jersey came in saying that it looked like Cam Johnson. And again, this is all connections, hearsay, whatever, but it sounded pretty reasonable. Cam was looking somewhere close to the 21 mil mark that I actually thought made the most sense. It's right around Mikhail Bridges' money, and the Suns weren't. I do think we can assume based on the result is that there was a gap between what cam wanted and the Suns wanted. And that alone, I think is enough for a story, even if we don't have those exacts. So it'll be curious to see. We get another season of a looming restricted free agency. Wasn't very fun with that. probably won't be a whole lot of fun for Johnson. Hopefully he can take care of himself, start this season healthy. I know. Him, campaign, Landry Shamit, and a few others are knocked up or have something. So it'll be it'll not knocked up. There that's that's not the <laughs> word I was looking for. Um what was the word I was looking for? I don't know. <laughs> hmm, have some Lock, knocks, took up? some knocks, got hurt, got some licks. Nope, that could go weird too. I don't they're hurt, they're on the injury
1: report. Can someone please bail me out of this? And uh, nah and take... man, I think you're uh you're you're stuck <sighs> here, bud. Heavy, hey,
0: heavy, heavy is the crown of the lead, lead podcaster. podcaster. What can yep. I say? Oh. Uh well, gentlemen, let's get into it. We have done our best to c- cover a lot of kind of predictions looking to the future in an easy to digest way, breaking it down this episode. We're gonna start by predicting team specific stuff around the NBA, Sons included. And then back half of the episode, we're going to be doing some player specific predictions. So looking at the NBA as a whole, we are going to try to see what's coming in the East and the West. But we're going to start right here in Phoenix. So last season, the Suns went off career or excuse me, franchise record win total. Based on Vegas, it doesn't look like that is uh, expected again. I would say, but wanted to go ahead and start, Philip. I'll start with you. How many wins do you think the Suns are going to get this season, and what seed in the West will that correspond to?
2: So I said I looked at FanDuel and I would take a slight under for the Suns. The Suns are predicted at, or their line, I guess, is 52 and a half. So I said slight under 50, we'll say 51 for the prediction, but I think like in the low fifties is what I'm, is what I'm thinking because FanDuel, FanDuel, at least for the number one seed in the West, they kind of threw up their arms and were like, eh, maybe the Clippers, maybe the Warriors, maybe the Suns, all 52 and a half wins projected. And so I thought of those three teams, I'm not comfortable saying the Suns are going to be as good as the Warriors. So I went under with them.
0: Yeah. And before letting Ryan answer, the Celtics, um, the, this is what I saw. I think it was from FanDuel earlier, maybe. Uh, but I saw Celtics at 53.5, Bucks, Suns, and Clippers were at 52.5, Warriors have been at 51.5 or 52.5. So that top group, they're kind of just saying all of the con- quote contenders. Are somewhere in that 51-52 mix. And Philip kind of hit it. There's three West teams up there, and then you don't see another one for another three wins down the list. Looking at the Nuggets at 49 and a half. And the Timberwolves at 49 and a half might need to touch on that later. But Ryan, where are you thinking the Suns are going to end up?
1: Uh, I took the slight over. I went, I went I'm 53 and 29. I I still think uh, though that if we're looking at the West rankings, I, I've got them finishing probably third in the West overall. I think the top three are going to be really, really good. Uh, so 53 and 29 is about where I've got them looking forward. Again, that's that's about a nine-game drop-off of where we finished last year. It's insane. Uh, which is crazy. But to expect that, uh, last year was just a special season. Uh, I think if we can if we can hit the 50-win 50, 50 mark, we'll be doing just fine. Uh,
2: but I had us on the slide over at 53. Philip, did you have something to add real quick? I was just going to say, I don't think I said, I think the Suns are going to be right around the fifth seed. I was toying with fourth or fifth. The Mavericks were fourth last season with, sorry, sore subject, the Mavericks. But they were fourth with 52. And then it dropped all the way to the Jazz at 49 for the fifth seed. So I think they're going to hover right around mm-hmm. middle of the pack playoff teams.
0: Yeah, I so... On the on the season preview I did Saturday morning, I said 51, I think, if I remember right. And someone made a comment that actually has kind of skewed my thinking and leans a little more towards Ryan now. It's when was the last time we had so many teams willingly tanking or being so mm-hmm. open to losing? Uh, the draft class seems loaded with an incredible top three or four. So that could... Throw a couple games your way that that maybe, you know, some teams that would be fighting a little harder towards the end are just not. Um, So, again, I started at 51. I'll stay there just for continuity sake. But I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan is right and we see that over. And I also think Ryan's point makes sense of if you can hit the over and still be like a three seed, because you got to think that that same logic is benefiting the Warriors and Clippers of the world as well. Those other guys on top that are playing for the seating feel comfortable and should be able to sleepwalk through some wins against the cellar dwellers who just don't have much going on. So I'm I'm hopeful. I guess my follow up to that uh, before we get into the, the next question is, does that do you think the Suns are kind of comfortably in the contender range in the West? In the West, I'm not saying. I'm not saying like champ favorites here. I'm just saying in the West, do you think it's like yes, it's blank, blank, and the Suns as the ones to come out of the West? Because Vegas
1: seems to think so.
0: Vegas seems. Philip was Warriors shaking Suns. his head
1: pretty profusely. I would say yes. You in our show notes, you kind of asked us. I think, and I hope I'm not jumping ahead here. And if Go I him, I it. apologize. You know where we kind of saw them ending the season. Uh, I've got us losing in, in the Western Conference Finals. And I think to say if you can make it to the conference finals, are you a contender at that point? Then absolutely. Um, so I, I think I think it's very reasonable to to expect a, a deeper run um, than last year. Um, well would I be surprised if that's not what happens? No, not with the the kind of the um, I would say the the shaky foundation we're kind of on right now. There's to your point earlier a lot up in the air still, um, but I, I I think it's still in the realm of possibility to make it to the to the
2: West Finals. What do you think, Philip? I think I'm going to be the pessimist on this. As far as considering Phoenix, like in the upper echelon of the NBA, just off the cuff, I think the Warriors are going to be better than the Suns this year. I think this is, this is a huge caveat because of their past. I think the Clippers are going to be noticeably better than the Suns this year. And I think if there's another team that could hop them, I think Denver is going to be very good this year. I think they're going to outscore everybody so if I can say pretty confidently obviously health being the caveat with all three of those teams if there are three teams I look at and go they at their best I think will be better than the Suns at their best then I'm not going to call the Suns a contender let's
0: go ahead and take that into kind of the next topic I wanted to to discuss and that is our NBA finals prediction and the way I want to go about doing that is let's just talk about the teams in the East and West that we do view as our contenders, and then we can go ahead and make our prediction. So, Philip, you kind of already started it, so I'll let you pick it up. Who do you think are those teams in the East and West? And if you had
2: to put it on the line right now, who do you think we're seeing in the finals? Okay, contenders in the West, Nuggets, Clippers, Golden State Warriors. I'll do three in each. And then in the East, Milwaukee Bucks, Boston Celtics. Philadelphia 76ers. And if I had to put money down today, it would be Golden State coming out of the West and Milwaukee coming out of the East. I am firmly in the camp of if Chris Middleton did not get injured, Bucks would be back-to-back champs right now.
0: Yeah, I'll go ahead and add mine cuz it's it's boring now after that answer, but I think the only difference I have is I have the Suns in that top 3 in the West along with the Clippers and Warriors. I think, I think a lot of people are for some reason doubting the Warriors going into this season, not in terms of thinking they're gonna be bad, but not expecting them to do just as well, if not better this year. And I look at the roster and I just say, we watched a lot of young guys figure it out. We watched a bunch of guys who were kind of finding their way, solidify their path, a Wiggins, for example. There's no reason for me to not expect them to do well. The Clippers, I think it's almost the flip side. There's so many unknowns, but if they figure it out, they're great. And the Suns are somewhere in the middle. They've got a handful of the guys where you have those high expectations and it's been earned. And you've got a handful that you have still lots of question marks. You want to take that step. Uh, And then in the East, Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, and I think it's, I think it's the Bucs to lose. I think the, the NBA Finals is the Bucs to lose as well. I think the way they're constructed is phenomenal. I think Giannis is going to come back this year with just some sort of uh, Grecian rage that we cannot <laughs> mentally grasp. And again, Chris Middleton's injury just made it clear as day how valuable he is, and you forget how much of a fight the Bucks put up without him that whole playoff run, I think I think it's going to be a fun season. That's kind of where I got really pumped thinking about this. It's just like, man, there's a lot of good basketball teams in both conferences that are really going into this year thinking they've got a shot. So, Ryan, sorry for my rant. What do you got?
1: No, you're good. I mean, I I, I don't want to reiterate everything you guys just said, but my top three, I had Clippers, Dubs, Suns, with a fat asterisk by the Clippers at one. And a fat asterisk by the Nuggets at four. I think I think that there's a lot of unknowns with both of them. Uh, I think the, the Clippers, there's nothing to prove their success uh, with this roster because they haven't played together. They've got a bunch of big names, but that is still to be proven. Uh, what that looks like, um, I have the same finals as you guys. I have Bucks and Warriors, and I've got the the
2: Bucks winning it. I think it's theirs to lose. To your to your point. And we, we all have the experience now of our favorite basketball team going against Giannis in a playoff setting. It's terrible. It's awesome. It's, it's, it's atrocious. It, it looks and it feels helpless. Yep. Like completely helpless. Like you sit there and you go, okay, the coach needs to come up with some sort of strategy to stop this guy. And then he Euro steps and each step takes him like all the way across the lane. And he is – He's skilled. He's somewhat skilled. He's incredibly talented. He's so physically gifted, and he's figuring out the game. That are we? Are we sweeping this? Are all of us saying Milwaukee as the champs? I, if I had to put money on it, I think that's the safest. Uh, that's that's same. where my
0: bet would be. It's a, well, it's a twofold bit of logic for me. One, I just think they're the safest bet, and two, I think their conference is the easier road to get there. So if you're looking at who you think's the best in the West versus best in the East, I think the way the East is set up, they might have a semi favorable path until the conference finals. Mm-hmm. And in the West, I think you could be stuck playing a Grizzlies team who's out to kill you and your whole family. Or a Pelicans in the first round, team. Right? Like there's, there's a lot of scary teams at the bottom of the West. I think, I think the bottom of the East there'll be some there's a chance for some parody, but I don't fear them I think maybe that's just a fever dream flashback nightmares to the pelican series of of last year that haunted us all but I don't know so yeah I think that's that's 3 for 3 for the bucks gentlemen is this a bucks pod now <laughs> definitely not <laughs> no is is Giannis our collective father now <laughs> let me no <know. laughs> i i i listen I watched that man murder my family, if my family was the Phoenix Suns, in person, in Milwaukee, on his home court, and he did not seem to care one bit, nor did all the Bucks fans who, we, who were sitting around us, except for the one really drunk guy. That one, that one dude was chill. That one to, dude was chill. He wanted to buy the clothes off my back. It was quite uncomfortable, but I to enjoy it.
2: I want to slip this in as we transition to a different topic. I'm predicting a much better Lakers year than they've had. Ooh. In years past, specifically, I'm predicting an Anthony Davis comeback in a pretty momentous way. I sure hope so. What about him, a Russell? I hope so. What about a Russell Westbrook
0: comeback? Every other guard has gotten hurt in the last three days. <laughs> Who? Listen, Ooh. he's someone's going to have to Ooh. touch the ball. I know. I know. I'm just saying, Schroeder got hurt. I think yesterday they're they're running out of people to replace him. So I think it there's a chance he might have to, but. Oh hey, and your Nuggets that you're cheering for, you can go cheer for uh, KCP, one of your one of your guys. Yep. Now that he's over there, what a what a party that'll be! All right, well, that's what we got in terms of the teams. Yep. I think we all think the Suns are going to be good, right? Suns are good. Yep. Fifty plus wins comfortably, top four seed comfortably. No, no, five. Really? Yep. I just. I struggle with that. That's okay. So you're saying Warriors, Clip. No.
1: I'm in just order? saying.
0: I'm, no, 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 not in order. Oh, not sorry. Orders. So sorry. Warriors,
2: Clippies, yep. Nuggies. He went in alphabetical order. And? I think up. Memphis could be a really good regular season team again this year. And I could easily see them having more regular season wins than the Suns. I think of those two teams, the Suns would still be a more formidable playoff team, but I think Memphis can be just a dynamite regular season team. Who do you think is going to suck this year? Rockets. Yeah. Like in the West?
0: Yeah. I mean, like, are there any teams that are getting either hyped or loved that you're just like, I think they're going to suck. Like, I think the Pelicans are like the dark horse right now. I don't buy it yet. Too much happening. I think people are all up on Lucas Luca and I'm not buying it quite yet. I, I think have, they could be an eight seed. Like yeah. there's, there's a if, lot of I teams that Mavericks people are, are
2: going
1: to. Yeah. So here's
2: what, here's what I have. Here's what I've in order. This is one through six. This six gets spicy, Denver, golden state, Memphis, Clippers, Phoenix, Lakers, with then the play in being some combination of new Orleans, Minnesota, Sacramento, and Dallas.
1: Here's my six Clippers, Dubs, Suns, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Pelicans. There you go. There
2: it is, man. The Lakers are an intriguing. I'm, I'm betting on them? Anthony Davis. If when he has been right, he has been unquestionably top 10 and arguably top five in the league at his best. If he can get back to that form, they can be unbelievable.
0: I mean, he's an NBA Finals champion, guys. Let's not forget. Although there were no fans and no one talks about it because it might not have happened, he is an NBA Finals champ. Put some respect on the name. So Costa Kostas Antetokounmpo, you know? You win some, you lose some. That's You can't argue with Ryan's logic once again. Charles <laughs> Barkley coming in hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Well, I think we've done a good job covering big picture team stuff. Let's talk Suns. Let's talk Suns players. Starting it off with a pretty uh pretty interesting one two, and I'll let you answer both instead of us going round table on all of it we will just we'll give you your time to shine every year. there is a player that would be dubbed either the most improved, the most impressive, the one that either came out of nowhere or just fully exceeded expectations. We had a full episode talking about how players met or didn't meet our expectations. So we've done this game before, but there's also players who didn't even know, I guess what our expectations were. They missed them by such a wide margin here. So I want to ask looking at the sons of today, who do you think is going to be the player at the end of the season? That is the most improved in terms of what they did versus what you expected. And who do you think is going to disappoint you the most? Ryan, I'll let you kick it off.
1: My most improved is going to be Cam Johnson. I think we have seen his his potential. Um, I think he's stepping into a new role as starter, and I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity for growth, which is also why I think I'm okay with him not getting that extension going into this season. I think the Suns are allowing him to prove himself in that role as a starting four uh, with this team. So I think he's going to seize the opportunity. I hope to see him. Um, have a big impact on this team, stretch the floor, attack the rim. We've seen what he did uh, to P.J. Tucker. You know, he's got several things in his bag that he can bring to the table. And so I think he's going to take that leap this year in this new role, which I'm excited about. Um, My most disappointing, I'm going to go with Chris Paul. I think he's given us two really great seasons. uh, And I think this is the year we see uh that that decline i think we're seeing it right now in the nfl with aaron Rodgers and tom brady as they're kind of getting to the end of their careers they're not Your having brother, great
0: years care careful careful bringing up tom brady's name in such
1: ways I, i'm just saying if you look at what his years like this year you're starting to see the age set in i think i, I he doesn't seem to be the Tom Brady of the last couple seasons since he got to Tampa Bay. He's just still on Island time. My boy, give him a a couple of, I'm I'm expecting, I'm I'm expecting that year three with the Suns is the year that we see a pretty significant step back from Chris Paul. And and I don't want that to be the case, uh, but I'm trying to set a a realistic expectation. And I think that's what we're going to see.
0: That regression could potentially kill us. So I'm hoping the only thing that decreases is uh, maybe the minutes. Uh, but no i think I think both picks are very possible. I think they're they're both some likely picks. Philip. What do you got for these two?
2: So I think statistically it'll look like Kim Johnson had a big improvement, but I'm hopeful it's actually Mikhail Bridges in terms most especially in terms of his offensive capabilities. I want to see him doing more if we see Mikhail. Fairly consistently, a couple times a game when he's in with the bench unit, facilitating some offense, initiating some offense, starting in the pick and roll, attacking in the pick and roll, getting to a spot at the nail, that will be a huge improvement, even if it's not bearing itself out in the statistics. The fact that Monty and company... Trust McHale enough to be a playmaker instead of just a play finisher like he has been the last couple of years. That will be huge for the Suns, especially because that will be three true playmakers on the court with the starting unit. And that that gets close to being unstoppable. I'm also with Ryan. I think most disappointing is going to be Chris Paul. I just think he's going to slow down. I think teams know to start hunting him defensively and I think we're going to see a lot of that this season and it's not it's going to be disappointing because you're like oh we have Chris Paul on the roster and for over a decade you've said that and you've heard one of the best players in the league is on our team and I don't think that's going to be the case this year I think Chris Paul will be well out of the discussion of top however many players 10 15.
0: I'm going to stick with the guards for both of mine. I think the most improved is going to be Landry Schammett. I think Landry is a person that I have spoken about before, so I will spare you the full tirade. I don't know how, but based on the internet, it seems that expectations are abysmal. I think if Landry goes out and can show the stadium that he can dribble with both hands, people will be slightly impressed. (laughs) So that's where it seems that we're starting as an overall Suns fandom here. But I'm telling you, here is here is my dream scenario. I think it is highly likely, highly likely that Landry is going to be the first guy off the bench. Because if you're looking for first guy off the bench, you want someone that can create for others, is not a defensive liability and can hopefully shoot the ball. There is no one else on the bench right now that I think I would describe in that fashion. I think Landry has a big, big chance to prove that he's not only worth his money, but that the money is a good deal for the Suns in the long term. He's going to be given opportunities he wasn't before. He's coming in with a year under his belt, a good offseason, seeing what changes are being made around him. And again, I think we've, we've all made this point. We're hoping to see the ball in his hands more in terms of facilitating and creating for others, which I think can just unlock a bunch. Now, unfortunately, Ryan, if you would like to take your headphones out for just a minute, thank you. Um, I think campaign is going to be the biggest disappointment. I think he will be out of the rotation by playoff time. Can I ask a
2: question? Absolutely, you can. Do you have high expectations for campaign? No.
0: I, I, I think the team does. I think the team does. I think the team wants him to be the first guy off the bench, and I don't think he will be in the rotation come playoff time. I think there is a good chance that based on the first half of the season, January, whatever, whenever trades start getting whipped around or deadlines come available, I think we are going to see someone come in to take that spot that he was unable to hold down. If I'm looking at ways for him to add value, I think it has to be improved shooting that I am not very, feeling very comfortable about, or a Javon Carter level defensive intensity where it's hard to take him off when things are going well. I don't know. I don't. I don't foresee that happening. I'm curious if his ability will improve playing with a different group of guys, that second unit is going to have a lot of new faces this year. So maybe that can unlock some stuff for him. I hope it does. I hope I hope he he earns the, the tattoo, if you will. Uh, I hope he makes the Valley proud and does all the good stuff because I think that helps the team, and that's really all I care about. But if I'm making my prediction... I think campaign has a really high probability of playing himself out of minutes through the season, much like in the playoffs, he played himself out of minutes when things really counted. So I'm sorry, Ryan. I love him very much though. It's okay. You still, you still love me. Uh, You a little
1: disappointed. You're Yeah. You're, you're my most disappointing player right now.
0: (laughs) Understood. Thank you so much for that. Um. well, Speaking of not playing in the playoffs, I thought of this question. It may be a stupid one, but I wanted to ask it anyway. Is there any player? Actually, no, I'm not going to give you the option of saying no, because that would be lame. And I want our listeners to enjoy this. We get to the playoffs and I tell you there is some player going into the playoffs who is no longer on the Suns team that we are going to see Wednesday night. They (sighs) might. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to avoid all loopholes by covering myself well. The opening day roster, if one person gets traded, that's not Jay Crowder, because he will be a not with team on the opening day roster, who's it gonna be? Dario Saric. All right,
2: all right, Philip. I had three. Can I just give all three? Because we said, we said not on roster, so I'm including cut or traded. Sure. Campaign, Dario Saric, Ish Wainwright.
0: Is it because Ish's shoulders are so broad that he takes up two seats and they can't I afford just-
2: <laughs> that? Okay, hang on. Ish, by nature of having played in the NBA, is a great basketball player. Contextualizing his skill set within the NBA, I don't think he's very good. And I don't think he's going to be needed. And I'm hopeful there are other avenues through which the Suns can use that roster spot to actually fill a need. And I don't think Ish, as he's played in the past, constitutes the filling of any dire need that the Suns have. Which, in a weird roundabout way, is a huge shout-out to DeAndre Ayton, and we can get into the weeds of that if you guys want.
0: Yeah, I, I, think, I think you're right. Ish is well-loved by the fans, and he has earned every bit of that love. It seems like a guy who has just beaten the odds in so many ways even to get where he is within the NBA. But I think if the fandom is going to pitch him as a P.J. Tucker type, they are very, very wrong. The, the big-bodied, strong, defensive-minded, whatever. I think, I think hustle doesn't always equate to ability. Uh, There's many players to show that. I hope, I hope he shows improvement and makes himself valuable. Uh, but I agree. I think he's the most likely to be cut just because of the way that position group is kind of detailed and where those needs are at the moment. Um, I think, I don't know, I think I keep seeing Sarich as a trade piece I don't know what other team would value him given health concerns. And I'm not quite sure how he would, would take him. How he would fit in like a playoff rotation. You know what I mean? Like he has a very unique skill set that the Suns seem to value,
2: but I'm not sure where he with, would plug and play. With how many teams are going to be interested in tanking? I don't think it has to matter. Like what value do they have in the conference finals or even the finals? I don't think that's going to be as relevant a question this year when you're going to be able to look at some rosters around the league and say, I want to pick off their good veteran players.
0: Yeah, no, I think, I think that makes sense. Uh, And obviously Jay Crowder, for those listening, still a part of the team hasn't been traded yet. Hopefully that happens soon so we can talk about it. Hopefully he makes a I got traded mixtape video that we can also talk about and then we'll figure out what's coming back so we can figure out how to fix plenty of things in our roster. Um, this is this is a question that I I hope isn't too big. I when I typed it out and sent it over, I thought it was a fun idea. It was a fun concept, but. It has some some lasting uh, repercussions here on based how you answer. And my question for you, as we bring this season preview prediction whatever to a close, is who is your player of interest for the season? So, if there's one player on the Suns that you are either very intrigued by, you want to be looking for certain bits of growth or different changes to be made, someone that you can comfortably say I am watching their development. And I can make a strong take either for or against, in terms of what I'm seeing. So Ryan, I'll kick it off to you first. Who is your uh, player of interest for the Suns this season?
1: For the same reasons you picked him as your most disappointing player, it's the reason I picked him as my the the player I'm most interested in. It's campaign, uh, and, and predominantly because I think our success is really going to be dependent upon that second unit and that second unit is going to rely really heavily on his ability to help them so i'm intrigued to see what that looks like and if he's capable of doing it i would say of pretty much anybody on our roster he's probably the most volatile as far as performance is concerned so any kind of consistency would just be really really helpful in that and so i'm curious to see what that looks like and if it's not there, then come January, like I'm, I'm cool with him being a trade piece. I know everybody knows I love campaign, but if he's not getting it done, he's not getting it done. And, and his we're going to have to is,
0: His contract is so very movable as well. So, so you know, that's,
1: that's where my interest is. I think this is legitimately his last shot in Phoenix to get it right. Uh, and, and so I'm really curious to see what that'll look like. Philip, handing the mic over to you.
2: Landry Shamit. I hope he does really well. I think he's a uh, better. I think the best version of Landry Shamit is better for the second unit than campaign is, especially when you start thinking of how some of the first unit guys can fit into that second unit. So kind of my pie in the sky version of the season is campaign starts off playing. Well, strike while the iron's hot and trade him when he has big-time trade value. Get as much back as you can from campaign as Landry develops into a good backup point guard.
0: I heard the Lakers are looking for point guards. <laughs> you never know. Uh, no, I, I had some trouble picking this out, which is always funny as the guy creating questions. I want to go ahead and start with some honorable mentions here and get your all's thoughts before I uh, land the plane. DeAndre Ayton popped in my head. The guy secured the bag. He has all of the pressure and speculation gone, finally, and all he has to do is play. So I'm curious if he'll be logging more Xbox minutes or more minutes on the court, and if he's going to bring it every night or if it's still the on one night off another night. That intrigued me. Landry was on my list for very obvious reasons. Both of the twins were there, but I still feel like we have a really idea of, of who they are and what we need them to do. And weirdly enough, I settled on Devin Booker. We had a, in my opinion, probably my favorite episode of the podcast, which is saying a lot because this is episode 70 now. We had a great episode ranking the top players in the NBA as one of our summer episodes And the whole kind of crux of that was trying to figure out where Devin Booker fits in there. Why he fits where he fits and what he has to do to make that leap. And so for me, he too has secured the bag. There is no question he is that guy in Phoenix. As Chris Paul takes the step back that I think we expect him to. I think every opportunity in the world is there for Devin Booker to make that next step, to get to that next plane and find himself in the list of that guy in the NBA. So that's what I'm looking for. I want to see what Devin Booker does differently on the offensive side, what he does defensively, if he keeps the pressure up and the intensity up from last season, if he becomes more of a Luca Harden whatever initiator within the offense, getting things going for other people, forcing the issue, creating for himself, and seeing if he is going into this season out to become a different player and put himself on that new level. I hope he does. I think that as crazy it is to ask him to take a step up, I think that is the easiest way for this team to unlock a whole lot of new opportunities for success. So Devin Booker going to be looking at you. I hope, I hope, I hope you make me proud because boy, that'd be great. Here's looking
2: at you kid.
0: He's how old is he? That's like one of the one of my right? One of my least favorite statistics is when people share the ages of some of the folks in the
1: NBA. And I'm just like, mm. I think he and I will both be turning 26 on October 30th. <laughs>
0: I do not think that is true for one of you. I know. I know uh, you both have that birthday, but I think the ages may be a little different.
1: Ah, okay, uh,
0: OK, well, guys, we did it. I wouldn't say we were perfect through the summer. But we tried hard, we put out some content, we still clocked in when needed, and we made it. We are done talking Summer Suns and all the nonsense that comes with it. Basketball is back. I am so happy. And gentlemen, one last time for the offseason, anything to add before we bring this episode to a close?
2: I actually do, because I I have a question for you, Ethan. Oh no. It's a it's a prediction. Oh crap. Will next week, Sunday specifically, see the return of highs, lows, and just so you know they're
0: not going anywhere. Are you kidding go. me? I want okay. I want you to know. I put out a survey to our listeners. Thank you, by the way, for those that filled it out. I appreciate you. It was a very interesting bit of info on where you found us, why you're here. And one of the things I put on there was, what would you like to see changed or added? And one of them was, what would you like to stay the same? And I'll be honest with you, there's a chance that the survey was done by one of you guys. And if so, <laughs> this is a great time to volunteer that information so I don't look stupid. Did I did not you complete, complete the survey. survey. I did not. No. Philip? No. One of the comments on the things they did not want to see changed is they said, we do not want Highs, lows, and just so you know, is to go anywhere. (laughs) And they need to stay a part of every episode. And so, for the fact that there is one diligent listener who said that, that's why I'm still here. (laughs) They're not going anywhere. We will be coming at you Sunday afternoon. If you want to join us live here on YouTube, you can do that as we talk about Wednesday night's game against the Mavs, Friday night's game against the Trailblazers. And we record leading up to Sunday night's game against the Clippers. That'd be a fun time to join. If you've got questions going into the Clippers game or questions about any of the stuff we watched this week, uh, make sure to join, gentlemen. Uh, just for the sake of tradition, anything else that needs to be added before we call it a wrap?
2: What's on?
0: There it is. For Ryan and Philip, I am Ethan. This is Into the Valley Phoenix Suns podcast. We out.